Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Balls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Balls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football League right here in Ireland. We are heading into week seven, and I'm your host, Alan Byrne. Alongside as ever, Boo Earns himself, Owen Byrne. Owen, under the weather this week. Yeah, a little under the weather, Al, but uh, all good, all good in general. Uh, you know, another great week of games. Another, uh, you know, spoiler alert, fantastic win for me. I am fantastic. Uh, good times, good times. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, a clean sweep of my main five leagues this week for the first time, maybe ever, certainly, for as long as I can uh, remember. So, yeah, good fantasy week all around, despite fantasy scoring in general being pretty garbage this week. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty poor uh, all around, really. Um, and in my top four leagues, I had a clean sweep for the first time this year, uh, this season as well. So, nice, picking up the pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers to our podcast hosts. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into the news from week six. <laughs> you with some knowledge we start off by looking around the nfl in week five we had a garbage thursday night game between the colts and broncos it couldn't get any worse but hold my beer said the commanders and bears as they served up a 12-7 boar fest albeit there was some touchdowns in this game uh, it was still poor watching on yeah, look, I'm not defending the game by any means. It was definitely better than the week before. It just was. There was at least a little bit of offense. There wasn't as much punting. Pretty bad game all around, but definitely a better game. It's on mm. the improve. It's on the improve. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but the well, better garbage. Had... Commanders are garbage. Yeah, that is true. We headed into Sunday, and we start with a few shock results. The Falcons overturned the 49ers, who were pushing strong for three in a row. Uh, they beat the 49ers at home 28-14. to Even more shocking, the New York Jets roll into Lambeau Field to take the win over the Packers 27-10. to And while you may not think it's a shocking result, Indianapolis Colts beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 34-27, which on uh, previous meetings between these two clubs, uh, going against the Tide. Yeah, look, uh, there was plenty of upsets all weekend. Uh, obviously, uh, we had uh, the Niners in our bet from last week. Uh, that was not good. The Niners were very poor. Uh, I was not pleased. Um, I was uh, controversially... Uh, very pleased then to see the Jets picking up a nice W, an easy, some might say, W, uh, away to the Packers. That's, you know, it's always a great day when the Packers lose. They are set to uh, fill out the season I thought they were going to have. Uh, most people weren't agreeing because Aaron Rodgers is great. Yeah, right. And, yeah, look, the Colts, Jags, they've had uh, some ups and downs, trials and tribulations. It's definitely... Uh, it's definitely been a, a banana skin of the Colts uh, over the last number of years. But, uh, no, nice win. Uh, Colts are getting healthier and playing a little better. Absolutely, they are. Uh, elsewhere, the Patriots ruined my luck of the week by uh, rolling into uh, Cleveland and taking a big win, 38-15. Browns 
never got going. Patriots dominated both sides of the ball, and Bailey Zappi doing his best to uh, take over that QB spot, and there could be some trouble ahead for Big Mac when he returns. Yeah, Zappi actually had a decent game. Uh, as you said, Browns never got going, weren't really allowed to establish the run, and, you know, that's what uh, Bill Belichick has done over his career, is kind of take away what you're good at, and see what you got then, and the uh, Browns don't have much. Brissett, not great. Absolutely not great. Then we were served up with a number of really close, interesting type games, which uh, were all full of action. First of all, the Vikings win away in Miami, 24-16. The Bengals win away in New Orleans by 30 points to 26. There were then home wins for the New York Giants over the Ravens, 24-20. And the Steelers equal out against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 20-18. With Mitch Trubisky coming back into action to win it for the Steelers. Yeah, Mitch came back on the field, uh, Pickett uh, went off, did not return, um, and look, he actually played well, Mitch, to be fair, and sawed up the nice uh, upset victory against uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh Vikings had a really nice win over the Dolphins, um, they continue their uh, good start to the season, 5-1 and one now, and you know, can do damage everywhere on the ground through the air, they actually uh, look like a nice little team, and... They're going to be uh, hard to beat in that NFC side. Yeah, they sure are. And Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, uh, last time they played in the Dome was for LSU. They put up a stack that did the same to beat the Saints in the NFL. Yeah, Burrow turned up to the game wearing uh, Chase's jersey from a uh, said bowl game. And yeah, look, they, they played really well. Um, the, the Bengals look like they're getting... Uh, back to where we thought they would might have been or some people thought they might have been after after the joys of last season the old line starting to come together a little bit but uh they still need a little help burrows still does be under a lot of pressure but definitely a nice game from the two of those together and you know chase is is out there doing his thing Absolutely. The Rams couldn't have picked a better opponent to get back on track. They beat the Panthers fairly easily at home, 24-10. Elsewhere, a poor game in the NFC West between the Seahawks and Cardinals. See the Seahawks win 19-9. Then we're served up with a treat of a game late Sunday night. Buffalo Bills get revenge over the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City, 24-20. The Bills are rolling. Yeah, oh, look, the Bills look good. I mean, they've looked good all year, really. And this is a real key win for them. They have um, some real key wins already this year, uh, including this game that, you know, all but uh, falling apart now should see them get that number one seed and, and home field advantage in the playoffs, you would imagine, uh, having the tie-break game over uh, the Chiefs, the likes of the Ravens as well. Uh, some real uh, some real key wins they have under their belt already this early in the season and they've uh, look we've spoken about before we spoke about towards the end of last season they're really starting to commit to that run game um, Singletary getting a lot of carries getting some yards so they can hurt you everywhere um, they're, uh, they're good and their defense is starting to get healthy again which uh, spells trouble for uh, all future opponents 
Yeah, absolutely. And you picked out two teams there in the last couple of segments, uh, one being the Bills on the AFC side and one being the Vikings on the NFC side. Both 5-1 and one through six weeks heading into their bye week. You couldn't have... Uh, you couldn't have picked a better uh, a better start to the season for both clubs. Oh, for sure. Uh, in particular, the Vikings. Um, they've had some uh, some individual games already. You know, I mean, they played the Bears the week before. Obviously, the Bears are bad, but always play the Vikings close. That game did go close. Vikings were down in the fo- in the fourth quarter, and look, even the Bills. If you look at the Bills' schedule, the team their one loss is in division uh, against uh, that Miami. That Miami game and look, uh, some things just didn't go their way that day. They made some. There was just one or two sloppy errors. Otherwise, that game could have gone the other way, and they could be uh, still undefeated. But definitely, I definitely have liked the Vikings preseason. Like them to definitely win the NFC North, and they're you know fulfilling what I thought they would do. I didn't think the Packers would be as strong as they have been in previous years, and obviously the Bills. The Bills have been the, the favourites for the Super Bowl since uh, before uh, the start of the season, and I think they will continue to be the favourites all the way to the end of the season. Yeah. Well, elsewhere, of course, there is still one undefeated side in the NFL. The Philadelphia Eagles are 6-0. and A really good game against the Cowboys late, late, late on Sunday night, Monday morning. 26 26- the 17 victory over the Cowboys gives them a two-game advantage in the NFC East. And then Monday night, we had a, I, I felt a disappointing game between the Broncos and Chargers. Both teams weren't that good to watch. Uh, and surprising that from the AFC West side, we thought this, uh, we thought this division was going to bring out at least three teams into the playoffs, but. Chargers, Broncos and Raiders really haven't looked that good. You know, both Broncos and Raiders with uh, with poor records. Chargers are 4-2 and two and not playing particularly well. But uh, but it's, uh, I don't know, I, t- I found that game tough enough to watch. Yeah, look, it was a tough watch. Um, the Chargers haven't been the great team where you're expecting them to be. Like, they're good, but they're not, they're not great. Uh, Denver have just been a complete flop altogether. And this was, you know, a typical in-division game where teams aren't playing well. It's going to be a bit of a slog fest. It was lived up to it. And, you know, the Chargers scraped through. As you mentioned, the records there, like the best thing about the Chargers is they're playing not well at all, but they're still 4-2, which is going to keep them in the mix going later in the season if they start picking up a, a bit of form anyway at all. They're going to be in a good spot, whereas... Denver are falling behind quick, especially uh, in their own division, as you mentioned. Yeah, and uh, they play the Jets at home this weekend, and then they go away to the Jaguars. I think Nathaniel Hackett is gone at the end of that two-game stretch. I, I don't think they're going to win either of those games, and uh, I think he's, he's tough. I think it's possible. It's there's There's definitely a possibility where Hackett is now basically they're like well we may see out uh that jags game because that's the the london game if i'm uh, correct yes yeah yeah, uh, correct. yeah sunday week and you know they'll probably have all the plans travel plans in place for all that and that could be a, a, a good time to uh give them the boot after that especially they are uh taking their buy after that 
So come back from London, have the interim coach. He's going to have a good 10 days probably. They'll probably hang around a few days after the London game in London. Fly back, give Hackett the boot. Interim guy will have a good 10 days before they play their next game to try and get his own game plan together. But that definitely seems a good spot for them to fire Hackett because they have to do something anyway. And he is definitely uh, the biggest handicap they have at the minute as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, ditto. I think even if they were to win one of those two games, I think he's still probably gone. Probably a good time to, uh, if he loses one of those, uh, he is done. Um, not um, not huge uh, injury news for, for the first time in a while, we think. You know, a couple of injuries are going to be a little bit long-lasting, but uh, no, uh, no major season-ending stuff. Uh, who you got? Yeah, just uh, a couple of guys really this week. Uh, Hollywood Brown was seen in a boot after their game. He did not return uh, for the Cardinals. Randall Cobb uh, may have suffered a high ankle sprain, they think, and not, you know, further tests will uh, will prove otherwise, but he's probably going to miss some time. Kenny Pickett uh, went into concussion protocol. Obviously, we mentioned that earlier, talking about the Steelers game. And uh, Cameron Bray was stretchered off uh, during the Bucks game. So just watch out for some of those guys. Um, they're not altogether sure yet whether Pickett will be good to go Sunday, but uh, Tomlin has said that if he's good to go, he will be starting. So there's plenty of guys looking to come back this week off injuries, like Sir Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, all trying to get back on the field this week. So uh, definitely uh, keep your eyes peeled from previous week's injuries. Guys coming back. Not many from last week. Hopefully that keeps up. We don't want players getting injured. We want to see the best on the field at all times. Absolutely. And of course, there was a trade made last Monday after Sunday's debacle uh, in LA. Uh, Robbie Anderson uh, was booted off the sideline by his coaches after multiple fights uh, with them on the sidelines. Of course, we got news that then uh, Dr. Robert Anderson was looking at uh, Hollywood Brown's foot. So a bit of confusion there, but Robbie Anderson was indeed traded to the Arizona Cardinals. He goes in probably in replace of, of Hollywood Brown now that he is out for the next few weeks. But, uh, of course, they've got D-Hop back off of uh, suspension this week. Yeah, uh, funny scenario, you know. He went, seemed to go head to head with the receivers coach. Then uh, was just trying out a game by the interim head coach there. And strange, strange standing made there by Carolina. Like they have an interim head coach, and you know, one argument on the sideline led to literally the following day he was traded. Um, strange precedent they're sending, uh, setting there in Carolina. Uh, seemed to be in the tank for that number one pick. Yeah, you can only you can only imagine that uh, that Robbie Anderson stuff was brewing well before Sunday and uh, probably just came to a head. But funny, all the uh, tweets and memes that I saw during the week is that uh, great for DJ Moore. That's all he has to do next week, and he'll be traded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look, there's been plenty of trade rumors on that team. Brian Burns, linebacker, and um, CMC. Uh, there's been p- rumors as well for the last number of weeks about them uh, being traded or looking for trades or looking for trade partners so they may not be done they definitely seem like they're in the tank there uh, I would uh, make a strong case they're the worst team in the league to be honest yeah yeah they're right there right yeah and that CMC chatter of course the word is they're looking for multiple first round picks which 
seems a stretch when you're carrying a $64 million contract uh, for running back. Uh, albeit CMC is obviously quality, but how much longer he'll have at that level is, you know, maybe year or two, a lot to give up uh, first round picks for, for such a thing. I would have thought a th- kind of a third and fourth or something in that range, a second and fourth maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, multiple firsts is, is pretty ridiculous, to be fair. Uh, CMC, obviously, as you said, amazing player on his day, one of the best in the business. But look, he's had um he's got a nice uh, injury uh, career as well. So he's he doesn't typically play every game every year. Are you going to give up your future for a guy like that? No team going to get involved in that kind of thing, especially, as you said, with the big contract. They need to pack it in now if they think they're getting multiple firsts. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the week six balls deep dynasty rundowns. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Well, week six brought with it some of the craziest fantasy scoring in recent memory. Game one as our game of the week was a slugfest between QB anti-vax and Nick Cage's buddies. Each team would have just four players reach double digits and no one would hit 20 points. Nick Cage's buddies saw their double digits from Kelsey Thielen, Debo and Jimmy G. While the anti-vax responded with Mixon, Cooper, Cousins and Harris, each side had their duds. Rogers, Chubb, Jones, and Mostert, some big names for Nick Cage's bunnies not coming through. But, you know, Benjamin McLaurin, Komet, and shocked face Carson Wentz, not doing the business for QB Antivax. As Monday night rolled around, QB Antivax needed 13.4 points from a usually reliable Cowboys defense. But they came undone in Philly. Nick Cage's bunnies get away with one here and keep their good record going. They are 5-1 and one through six weeks. After breaking their duck last week, it's an unlucky loss this week for QB's sort of competitive 1-5 through week six. Yeah, bit of a slugfest as you said, Alf. Uh, low scoring, no one really getting going here. Um... Ross is definitely going to be feeling good about having such a bad week now and still getting out with the W. Uh, we could look back in a, in a couple of weeks and see this as a, as a very important win. Um, you know, keeps him at five and one, and you know, keeps chugging ahead of the pack. It's it's actually a nice win. Ben is unlucky here now. Yeah. To be fair, um, if you know, in a week where if you had told Ben before the weekend that Ross was going to score less than one hundred eight points, he'd have slightly fancied himself. Yeah, no doubt, no man. doubt. As uh, yeah, as as you said, there's only there's only I think two other teams that Ross would have beaten this week. You know, he's uh, he's uh, done well with the matchup, and as you say, it could be an important win at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, game two was the opposite. It was a blowout of the week. It was a matchup between historic championship foes, Kenneth Killers, and the Walking Jinx. The Jinx had been in for the last three weeks as Keane's team was in the midst of a three-game slide. They came out of the traps on Sunday, though, with a wide receiver double act of Hill and Pittman claiming almost 56 points. In a hugely one-sided match, the remainder of Keane's roster 
could have been struck down and they still would have come away with a victory. Backup Coles running back Deion Jones exploded for 28.1 points. Marion Hurts added another 30 points between them to pile up a score of 137.08. It was a week to forget for Kenneth Killers. This one came with a historic low score of 55.74 points. In honor, I'll go old school this week. With Taylor Swift once again on the outside, there was a place in the world for names like Boone, Dallas, Sutton, Otten, Slayton, Moore, and the Eagles D. He should have said no, as these seven stars combined for 19.8 points between them. Woof! Higgins, Brady, and Jones were tied together with a smile as each got into double figures, but Brady would lead this charge with just 12.72 points. Week 6 then, a picture to burn for Kenneth's Killers. A blowout win for the walking jinx. Could have seen the jinx broken. Both teams end week 6, 3 and 3. <laughs> How much time do you spend every week slewing through Taylor Swift songs? <laughs> way, way more than I should. <laughs> Oh, yeah, look, I mean, clearly the story here is, look, a record-setting low score from from, from Kieran here. Keane easily takes advantage, obviously. Uh, had actually, you know, a decent enough week, considering the week that was in it. And, you know, as you said, Jinx is broken. Well done, Keane. But, uh, Kieran, something has to be done, man. You have to get the finger out. I mean, the only thing... That could have made this worse, is like if you, you know, baited Bo Scarborough out of retirement to, to play for you or something. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, the trade market is open. Uh, you're going to have to look at it, pal. You're going to have to look at it. Yeah, some depth needed there without without those studs the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's uh, it's been tough sledding. Well, Game 3 saw the run continue for kick in the squibs as they took out That's So Ravens. That's So Ravens were looking for a spark this week. CMC and Andrews each reached over 20 points. Stafford, Cup, Pierce and Dalton got to double figures, but had too many duds for Moore again, Robinson again, Duvernay, and a goose egg from the Jags D. These would all hamper things as Sunday progressed. Kicking the squibs can now once again in fine form. While only T-Dog get into the 20s, yet Fields, Kamara, Jefferson, Mooney, Ertz, Henderson and Davis all in double digits. Only Dobbins and the Packers D let them down. 139 points led to a 25-point loss for Lasso Ravens. Puts them now 2-4, and four, leaving the coming couple of weeks of vital importance. The kick in the squibs coach has been preaching on this podcast that his team is trash since the season began. Now a four-game win streak under his belt and a league second-best record of four and two. I call trash on this pretense. League mates, don't let this trickster fool you. Watch out. Hey, my team is trash. And people were agreeing with me when I was 0-2. Everyone was looking at my team, saying, uh, my team's garbage. 
I remember a conversation with Kieran uh, after I said, oh, I picked up Russell Gage. What a great pickup. And he was like, oh, that wasn't bad. And I was like, Kieran, my team is terrible. He looked at my team, completely agreed. Nothing has changed. My team is still garbage. I'm just sorry, capitalizing sorry. on some of these moments. Sorry, you had that conversation with Kieran. Yeah. The guy who just scored 55 points this week. <laughs> yeah, he was 2-0 at the time. I was 0-2. See? I see. How, how yeah. fortunes can change. How fortunes yeah, that's can it. change. That's it. I'm just capitalizing yeah. on just some, watched good, out. some key moments. This guy's a huckster. Watch it. No, it's okay. It's okay. I am top of my division, though, which is uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, no. something. No, it's, well, game it's, a, four. it's a house of cards. It's a house of cards. That's it. Game four saw a well-fought battle between the champions, mediocre football team, and newcomers. Cup my balls. Mediocre football team saw RB double team Eckler and Stevenson get almost 50 points between them. Waddle, Myers, and the Ramsey each got above 10. Herbert, Judy, Hill, Kirk, and Rush, though, all failed to get to 10. But a decent 126 points was accrued. Cut my balls have had an up-and-down start to things this year. This week, they're on the way up. Only Evans, Njoku, and the Bengals D failed to get to 10 as Godwin, Lazard, Lamb, Cook, and Sanders all got to double figures. And... Matt Ryan and Juju Smith-Schuster topping out in the 20s. An impressive 142.76 points this week and another big win. Both teams in week six in the playoff mix. Three wins, three losses. Matty Ice, 58 pass attempts at the weekend. 37 years old. Oh, yes. The man's a Trojan. What he's an a, yeah. Oh, putting the Colts on his back. And, what a man. And he's what been doing he, he, he's been doing that for all his career, basically. It's amazing yeah. his arm strength is still there. It really yeah, is. Yeah, it's it really is actually crazy. He's been putting teams on his back all the time, basically. When his teams aren't playing well, he's coming in and getting it done. I mean, pretty underrated, but, you know, the criticism can be fair at times. But uh, what a man, what a man. Uh, nice win for, for Kevin here. Uh, you know, moving to 3-3, three and three, keeping himself in the mix. And, uh, you know, beating Adam, which is helpful for me. He's in my division. <laughs> <laughs> How nice for you, Owen. <laughs> and that's it. Looking at it, you're the only one in your division to win this week. So, uh, exactly. Yeah, good, good I'm week only capitalizing, around, yeah. capitalizing on these small things. It's put me in a good spot. With he was trash. Well, game five uh, saw the second big blowout of the week. Dalvin and the Chipmunks kept up their impressive start to the season with a huge win over the human beings. Human beings only had Mahomes in the 20s and Pitts and Smith with 10 and 11 points, respectively. Way too many duds on this team this week. Al Gair, Coleman, Lockett, Johnson, Lindsay in the box D. Led to a poor 76.7 points. Woof. Couple of those names already cleared off the roster. Davin and Chipmunks put them to the sword with a week's top score of 147.96 points. This all despite low scores from Everett, Jones, Thompson, and the 49ers D, and a minus 5 points from Jeff Wilson. 
It was a combination of Burrow, Chase, and Diggs, as they amassed 95 and a half points between them. More Barkley added to this to ease them to victory. Dalvin and the Chipmunks with a league-best 5-1 record already moving in onto the playoff picture. The human beings joined the bunch at 3-3. Three and three. Yeah, another big, another big week for Quinny. I mean, week on week we speak about it. Uh, his team looks good. Uh, he's got a nice stack there in Burrow and Chase. We've seen that work for guys before, uh, a la last year. And look, real nice. Uh, Green, first big uh, flop this year. Uh, he's been scoring pretty well all season. And just a real down week uh, for him. Uh, you know, let's see that continue into next week, Green. Thanks very much. <laughs> I think he was missing a couple of studs who you'll find are back in the picture for week seven, but we'll see how you go. <laughs> My team's trash anyway. No, so. du- no doubt you'll eke your way through <laughs> claiming trash. Well, the final game of the week saw the Fear Boners take on a rebuild in progress. It's been an up and down season for both teams so far. Rebuild and Progress have had some bad luck over the past few weeks, but this week it was poor play. Mariota, Jackson, Smith, and Henry each combined for 70.76 points. The remains of the roster would only combine for 29 points between them, and they'd fall short of the 100 point mark. The Fear Bowlers only had duds from Gordon. Gallup and Goddard this week. All the G's letting them down. Allen and Fournette both reached over 20, while Brown, ETN, Singletary, Wilson, and the Vikings D all had good weeks in the teens. A 28.5 point margin of victory in the end, as the Fear Boners back to parity after a two after a two-week win streak now alive. Rebuild in progress. Find themselves rebuilding in the basement of the league once again at one and five. Yeah, you know, uh, Ian just got a, you know, it was just a bad week for Ian really, wasn't it? Um, You know, it's some some of his key guys in uh, quotation marks were uh, on by, didn't help him, but uh, you know, some nice scoring for you in a, in a bad week, Alan, and coming out with a nice W. And uh, don't worry about Melvin Gordon. Nathaniel Hackett had a great talk with him the other day. Uh, all, all is good. I know. I'm delighted. Delighted to hear Nathaniel Hackett has my back. <laughs> <laughs> the man we were talking about oh, getting fired in the next four nights. There you go. There you said it. Okay, let's look ahead to week seven. It's the road ahead. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. So, some more nicely contested matchups interdivisionally this week. The Fear Boners at 3-3 three and three take on a 3-3 three and three cup my balls in what looks like to be a good one. Rebuild and progress. And QB anti-vax, both 1-5. and five. One of them is moving to 2-5 and five this week. And one of them is going to be one and six as they take each other on in what could be game of the week. 
And I swear to four and two. Kicking to squibs. Stick on a three and three. Human beings, and again, could be a good matchup. Another tight one contested between the two and four That's So Ravens and the three and three Kenneth Killers. The Killers hoping Taylor Swift will sing a few tunes this weekend. Then we have the 3-3 three three champion mediocre football team taking on the high-flying Nick Cage's Bunnies, who are 5-1. The other 5-1 side, Davin and the Chipmunks, round out this week's action against a 3-3 three three walking jinx. Some nice matchups here, Owen. There is, there is. And there's some key ones. You know, um, obviously, you mentioned uh, what could be a good one is uh, Ian and Ben. Could be a, a good slugfest there, and... You know, one of them might try and get their, their season back on the rails. Uh, you know, important one for Keane. He obviously had a bad spell for a couple of weeks. Got back to win ways last week. But running into Quint, Quinny this week, who's uh, going to try and continue marching his way towards the playoffs. Uh, another key one, yourself and, yourself and Kevin. Um, you know, both 3-3. Three three, both still trying to get in that playoff picture. Yeah. And, yep. you know, they're all they're all pretty much key games. Um. I'm looking forward to my match against Green. Um, I think he's either going to hammer me or I might eke out a little, like a small victory. It's either going to be one or the other, I think. Don't listen to him, Green. Don't listen to him. Well, Green's one of the highest scorers in the league and I'm the second lowest scorer in the league. So, because my team is trash, I am the second lowest scorer in the league. <laughs> that is true. Well then, as we just have a look, a quick look at the divisions. Below average, Joe's division is being controlled right now by Dalton Chipmunks. They have a two-game lead over Cut My Balls at 3-3, three and three, who are a game ahead of That's So Ravens at 2-4, and four, and bring out the rear on 1-5, QB Antivax. The most competitive division so far is the Donkey's Asses division. Ross and Nick Cage's bunnies hold a two-game advantage, but all other sides are three and three. Human beings, the fear boners, the walking jinx, all in a tussle for a playoff berth. And then the suckiest bunch the sucks division, as we've talked about, led by Boo Earns himself on four and two. We got the champion mediocre football teams, three and three. Kenneth Killers also three and three. In this rebuild and progress, two games back. Yes, all important games, as you said, Owen. And uh, yeah, yeah, more shootouts ahead. Yeah, can't wait. Let's go. Well, let's move on to the if you're not first, your last redraft rundown. If you ain't first, you're last. Week six was a week to forget for Anna. He came up against me twice and lost twice. 154 to 132. It's unnecessary roughness back in the winning column. Suckiest bunch of sucks. Gets a big win over Green this week with uh, a 143 to 118 win. Elsewhere, Aaron's team. Uh, gets a big win over Adam and Hot Chub Time Machine by 161 to 130. I swear, Steven flying it in this league. 5-1 and one now, top of the league, with a big win over Ben's and my ball, Zach Ertz. 141 to 103. And ended 
Uh, rounding it out is uh, Ross's stats the way you like it. A 130 to 115 win over Keane's fantasy football team. A look quickly at the table. Stephen leads the way, 5 and 1. Brought up by the Burn Boys, both 4 and 2, and Ross also 4 and 2. A game ahead of Aaron and Keane, both 3 and 3. A bunch on 2 and 4, Adam, Michael, and Ben, and Anna. Once again, rooted to the bottom of this league, one and five. It's tough watching. <laughs> yeah. Tough watching. Yeah. yeah, it sucks to be you, pal. It sucks to be you. Yeah, look, uh, this league is pretty tight, but um, you know it's going to be. There's an important week ahead coming. Uh, none of those teams on, on two and four can really afford to be losing and letting the letting the pack get away now. Um, you know, we could uh, see a bit of a discrepancy coming if uh, if results go the wrong way for the likes of Adam Green uh, and Ben in particular. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, some good matchups this week. Uh, I, I take on Aaron 4 and 2, Aaron 3 and 3. And then, as you talked about, Adam on 2 and 4 plays Aina on 1 and 5. I mean, both of them need a win to, to, to keep pace. Uh, Sucky Sponsor Sucks are 4 and 2 take on an offense football team who are 3 and 3. Green on 2 and 4 needs a win, but he's facing top of the table. Steven on 5 and 1. And then Ross's stats the way I like it up against Ben's. Uh, my ball, Zach Ertz. Again, Ben probably needing the win there to keep track. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty, let's move in to the betting corner. in the afternoon games well i like the 49ers because they're pure of heart seattle because they got something to prove and the raiders because they always cheat and in an extremely suspicious play the raiders win so it's another poor week in the betting corner from your resident uh your resident gamblers we're just losing money hand over fist here oh let us uh give us a rundown of what you picked last week and how you ended up I just like to notice that this week you didn't say everyone's favorite corner. <laughs> it's nobody's favorite corner. <laughs> well, it might be if they're all just if they're just laughing at us making stupid bets. <laughs> oh, hysterical! Yeah, well, look. I mean, as I mentioned that earlier in the news section, talking about the Niners let down big time by them. Um, thought really they would be able to shut down. Uh, the run game of the Falcons stopped them doing the play action, but they really didn't. Um, they went down big early, got it back to a draw at half time, and then produced nothing in the second half. Essentially, um, I was pretty let down. I thought thought the Niners were were better than that. Um, you know, they've got some injuries on defense and stuff, but uh, I thought they were they were a better team than that. And uh, look, the Falcons have been going yeah, well this season, yeah. and. But the, the Niners have certainly showed it in the previous two weeks that they were now the force to be reckoned with in the NFC and didn't go out and just yeah. throw up a stinker against the Falcons. They are definitely of them. Like we had them doubled with the Bengals last week, and definitely, I was, I felt more secure about the Niners, you know. Uh, but the Bengals came out and did the business, so the double didn't come in. But we're getting there. We're getting there. It's, it's a long way. It's a long way to go. And this week, yeah. 
I'm excited. I'm excited this week. I'm. This is one line that I. This is the first line this year that I'm like I just don't get this at all. Like really, I don't know why this team is not the favorite in this game. So we are taking the Giants over the Jags in Jacksonville. The Giants are plus three and a half to win this game. They're five and one. The Jags are two and four. Typically, teams do not have a good record the week before they travel to London. The Jags are going to London next week. Their staff is going to have one eye on that game, uh, especially with all the travel, all that that you know goes into moving your team uh, several hours across the world. And, you know, obviously the Giants have just been playing well. I mean, Brian Dayball has got them, the offense moving. They're able to do shit. Saquon's playing well. Danny Dimes has been playing well. Uh, they're moving the ball. The defense is playing well. I like the Giants plus three over over the Jags. I don't know why they're not the favorite in this game. I can't believe they're underdogs. It makes no sense. Thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I presume it's just that the Giants have five wins, but they're not good. So I think uh, I think they've got away with a couple over the last couple of weeks to where they've stuck in the game and then they've got to go ahead uh, towards the end. But look, the Jags aren't good either, like you say. And yeah, look, the Giants going in there full of confidence. Uh, yeah, could, could, could take the win or certainly uh, by, uh, lose by three. Who else you got? Who are you doubling that down with? I'm doubling them up with the Colts. I think the Colts are on the rise. They're plus two and a half underdogs at the Titans. Uh, Titans are coming off a bye. Uh, that's my biggest concern about the game is the Titans have had time to plan a little more. But I think the Colts are on the rise. They played very well last week. They're getting healthier. They're getting healthier on defense. Jonathan Taylor looks like he's going to be back this week. Um, they're they're on the upgrade. The, the passing game looked really well last week. Uh, Alec Pierce had a real nice game. The rookie Pittman had a nice game, and Matt Ryan's getting more comfortable with those guys. And the offense seems to be gelling a bit better. And you know Jonathan Taylor coming back is only going to improve that. So I like them plus two and a half at the Titans. Doubled up with the Giants plus three. It's about three to one double. That's my double for this week, and I'm excited about. It. Alright, alright. Yeah. Well I obviously back myself uh back to Cleveland Browns last week who did not perform at home, but this week we have I have a sneaky bet this week. So we had joked about uh betting uh, you know uh, just bet against the Bears because they're trash. Uh but trash. Justin Fields has been a top five Fantasy QB over the last three weeks, and had he not been uh, had a flag not been thrown when he made a crazy forty-yard dash for a touchdown against the uh, against the Commanders the other night, he's into the top three behind only Josh Allen and Patty Mahomes. So I think the Bears are finally starting to uh, to click with Justin Fields. He just needs to click a little bit more with his with his uh, with his wide receivers, but now they have the two-headed snake in the back backfield of Montgomery and of uh, Khalil Herbert, and I think they're going to lose this week 
against the New England Patriots, but they got a plus seven and a half, and I think they're going to uh, finish inside that score. So I'm picking the Bears plus seven and a half. Nice. Get on my Bears. Get on my Bears. Uh, I actually yeah. like this because I think this is going to be a close game regardless. I mean, you know, the Patriots aren't that good. So I like this to be a close scoring game. So whether the Bears win or not, I think plus seven and a half is probably too much points uh, against the Patriots who are not exactly uh, high flying. Yeah, well, let's see how it goes. That's my lock of the week, by the way. It may be a flimsy broken lock, but it's a lock nonetheless. <laughs> Nice. On the Bears. Yeah, that's it. All right, everybody, thank you so much for for tuning in, for downloading, for listening. Please leave some reviews, some five-star reviews, no doubt, on your uh, podcast host of choice. Please uh, hit us up with any comments, any uh, shout-outs you'd like to have, and uh, we will get to that. yeah, just thanks for listening. We're having a blast uh, doing this every week, and uh, we're looking forward to week seven, right on? Yeah, yeah, this is a lot of fun for us. We always have a, a good time for us, and, you know, let's get everyone involved, and, yeah, roll on week seven. It's going to be a good week. Watch out for those injuries. See guys coming back. Watch out for those bye weeks. I'm in bye week hell this week. It sucks. But, look, we'll be better after us. Indeed we will. All right, set those lineups, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.